Hello and welcome to another episode of Talk Hockey Radio. I'm joined again by my faithful uh, co-hosts, Simon and Fraser. Hello there, Simon. Hello, Taff. Uh, how are you doing? I am dandy. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Looking a bit brown today. You're looking like my brother. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been out of the sun all day. I, I played a uh, full match and I umpired a whole match, as you tend to when you're umpiring. Um <laughs> So yeah, I've, I've caught the sun a little bit. Yeah, it looks like it. Looking good, looking good. Don't That's even good. have to go abroad. You don't have to go abroad. You'll be fine. Be fine. <laughs> Hello there, Fraser. Hi, Taff. Uh, you're looking a bit brown as well today. God, you're putting me to shame a little bit. Go on. Trick of the lights. <laughs> How have you been? You been all right? I've been good. Uh, have you been getting out and playing, Taff? Sorry? Have you been able to get out and play? No, I don't play anymore. I'm getting too old. Um, I've been out coaching today, though. Uh, so I've caught the sun as well. Can you tell? Um, <laughs> and my team won today against a, a pretty decent side, actually. Um, they were out. It was only friendly. Uh, it looked like they were out to actually uh, play it as, as not a friendly. <laughs> um, and taking it a little bit seriously. And, uh, well, we basically beat them. And it, it wasn't comfortable. We, we struggled in the first bit of the first bit of the first half and whatever uh, defensively uh, but other than that I think we came, we we sort of like held it and kind of beat them 3-1 so that was a good good result for us so yeah looking looking good looking promising for the girls anyway uh, the boys didn't have any games today so uh, only the one game today did you play I did I got to run out in a interclub friendly playing eight aside on full pitch all right okay <laughs> an interesting game to say the least <laughs> So how are you after that eight-a-side full-pitch game? Uh, I'm good, I'm good. Just <laughs> glad to be back out. Yeah? Did you win? Uh, no one keeps scores in inter-club games. <laughs> but yes, we won. <laughs> Surely it's just that last goal wins it. <laughs> oh, dear. That's why he says he won. Last yeah. goal wins. That should be the rule they bring in, like, like cup finals and stuff. Um, just, yeah, last goal wins it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> not not an extra time, just normal time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really create a sense of jeopardy. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Oh god. So Fraser, come on then. Let's let's have what we're talking about today. Okay. So we've got a few things to cover off today. We're going to talk a little bit about the Pro League. We're going to talk about the East League in the UK and yeah. some other leagues. Uh, we're going to talk about the Island Women and GB Women's cancelled Malaysia tour. Yeah. We're going to talk about Hockey Fives. Ooh. We're going to talk about the latest announcement of players moving overseas to play. Uh, the Hockey Roos new coaching staff. Right. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, recent retirement. Yeah. We're going to talk about the Stick It to Racism campaign. Oh, yeah. And finally, we're going to talk about the Euro Hockey Nations ticket. Okay. So we're we going to go just to go down the list then, Fraser. I know you, you know, like your master of ceremonies and all that. So we're just going to go down the list, though. We're going to... Yeah, talk about, so talk about. we'll kick off with talking about the Pro League. Okay, um, so this is interesting. I think, Simon, we, we discussed this over the WhatsApp thing or whatever. Uh, you brought this up anyway, so, you know, do you want to lead on that one or not? Yeah, I can <laughs> no, do. Not really. <laughs> no, I can yeah. do. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, they've announced uh, the plans for the third season. No one knows when the second season will end. Um Australia and New Zealand, maybe they can just be sent the national strip of each team they haven't played yet and just play against each other. And New Zealand can be, you know, Spain and, and GB one week after the other. Um, 
because yeah, they've got their little bubble, haven't they? Their Australasia bubble. Um, but that's not even yeah. working, though. That's not even working. Sorry to cut you yeah. off there, right? But that's not even working because they had some sort of um, Australia, New Zealand, Anzac, it's cold or something like that yeah. tournament that they had planned ages ago. Well, only recently this month or whatever, and they cancelled that because of a couple of um, outbreaks of uh, COVID. Uh, yeah. You know, but yeah, you know, sorry, go on, carry on. But yeah, so they're, they're apparently going to plough on with it. Um, of course, uh, there's no room for the Indian women or the Spanish women. Um, equally amazing. Um, so, yeah, um, the competition that doesn't really make much sense, does it? <laughs> even, <laughs> even if people cared, it wouldn't be a good competition right now because of COVID. Yeah. It's, you know, there's been a lot of discussions on, on social media. Now, obviously, we've, we've discussed it as well, um, you, know, you know, on and off. And we... I just don't see, and I just don't see how it can carry on. Uh, to be honest with you, because that you know, like you pointed out, they they're doing the pro league, some of the pro league games at the same weekend as the EHL or whatever, aren't they? And why do that? I mean, surely the FIH know right what's going on around the world and not just uh, yeah, they do, but they just don't care. It's it's because it's two effectively separate federations, isn't it? And um, I remember when Leicester hosted the European. Uh, cup winners cup or club champions challenge or something whatever yeah. of names it was um that took place up in up in loughborough it was the same weekend or what on a weekend but coincided with the fih world cup um and obviously probably the euro federation on that occasion should have said oh yeah this isn't going to work mm. um but as a consequence of them not reaching an agreement both you know like the, the germans the belgians the brits they were not the, sorry the english uh there weren't um the full complement of players who should have been there. Mm. And then, of course, for the Pro League, potentially there could have been players missing for the German side. Sorry, in the Pro League, instead of going to EHL, it meant that there were German players potentially not able to play and Argentinian players potentially not able to play. Um, and again, realistically, the EHL Final Four is a considerably more important tournament than a random fixture in Pro League that no one really cares about. Um well, that that begs the question: What what would you go and watch, though? Right? Would you go and watch the Pro League, or would, would you watch the EHL? I'd watch it. I know the answer to that for you, <laughs> for what you're saying, anyway. But I mean, it's worth saying. Like, uh, uh, we did a podcast with Nikki Simmons um, recently, and she did explain a bit more of the rationale behind Pro League, and a lot of the, the thoughts were good about it. It just it sounds like a few people maybe. Um, not necessarily with hockey's best interests in mind, uh, have made some decisions which are frankly bizarre. Um, and obviously there's the contractual stuff, but mm. it just doesn't make any sense. And it detracted from the first ever women's EHL Final Four, um, mm. yeah, which is, is very unfortunate to say the least. Um, yeah, <laughs> silly really, isn't it? Uh, Fraser, anything to add to that, mate? Yeah, I mean, I think from the get-go, the... The pro league is kind of a good idea executed poorly. Mm. Like the the first season, there was the extensive travel. Yeah. Then obviously season two um, has had its problems. What with you know the world shutting down and being locked indoors, yeah. thus making it quite difficult to play international fixtures. But like I said, I just it just keeps coming up as a good idea executed poorly. Yeah. I get the idea behind it of trying to get more people to watch international games by having more of them in each home country, but it it, it is just a case of, you know, a bit of better planning and communication. Because like you say, if it runs up against like the EHL finals, which have been 
Easter weekend for how many years now? 14. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's not so something so that so they so didn't know is going on. Yeah. 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 And they don't get in the crowds. You know, some countries do. It's worth bearing in mind, you know, credit where it's due. Uh, Great Britain have managed to consistently get crowds. The Dutch normally do. But the Germans, there's almost never a crowd there. I don't know if there's ever been a match in China, but I can't imagine there's a massive crowd. The Australians couldn't even. I remember listening to the guys for Reverse Stick talking about it. It was, I think, on Australia Day or something, and they still couldn't get a crowd. <laughs> Big shout out to the people at Reverse Stick as well, guys. We really do appreciate it. Um, it's great to be part of the hockey family where it doesn't really matter what podcast you're on. You can sort of like start talking about other podcasts. It's brilliant. So, hi, John, and hi, Matt. Sorry, I thought I'd get that in there. So, and I mean, again, we could probably talk about this forever and, and we probably will do in future episodes, maybe. But I think the Pro League needs to be restructured. I think triangulars or, or you know, weekend tournaments or something like three or four games going on is the probably the best way to go forward um, rather than like these one-off games or whatever um, against, you know, whatever, against whichever teams uh, would be probably a better format. But even if it's a, a Friday evening to Sunday evening kind of, uh, you know, game structure where they can play about six or seven games or eight games or whatever, uh, I don't know. Um, but maybe a weekend tournament structure is probably much better than the single games that these guys have to play. Yeah, like the AHL, you know, they've got round 1.1, round 1.2, round 2.1, round 2.2, and yeah, then, yeah. Uh, what was it, KO16, um, Final Four, I think, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That very works. similar, yeah, very similar. I mean, I mean like, it, it can be held anywhere anywhere in the world, can it? I mean, you know, you, it could be... In one country, one uh, one week, uh, sorry, weekend. Another country, another weekend, or whatever. Um, it'll stop. It'll cut down on cost on on travel. I think, especially when you got the flights included in that, and then you've got to up and leave and come back to the UK, and then be here for a while, and then travel back to maybe go go to I don't know China, let's say, right, and then play those games, and then come back to to the UK and then travel to Australia or whatever, you know, the travel cost alone in flights are going to be astronomical. And it kind of puts away, it kind of, you know, what am I trying to say? The, the, the lesser funded countries might not be able to manage that. And you could, you could tell with regards to like, you know, Pakistan, um, who had to pull out right at, right at the start anyway, because they, they couldn't just get, they couldn't get the funding or the extra funding to actually take part in the pro, uh, in the pro league. And that was, you know, after they were kind of kind of promised it, but then weren't given it for whatever reason. So it, it, they've got to think about the, you know, Pakistan and India and, and other countries like that and, you know, Malaysia as well, probably not the, the best funded, um, you know, countries in hockey, but they are decent, decent enough, um, you know, teams and they should be in the Pro League. But yeah, I, I just hope they, they can come to some sort of, like restructuring of the pro league somehow. I don't know. I mean, let's hope with the new, you know, FIH conference coming up, um, that maybe you know they have a new president and maybe that president has other ideas, better ideas. And guys, uh, kind of challenging Mr. Doctor Batra is 
is kind of like a financier, isn't he? I've read a couple of things about him, and you know, he's got some ideas. He's got some ideas on saving money, and he's got some ideas on and how to move forward with with stuff that's happening at, uh, uh, at the FIH. And it's all about saving money. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, go on. We'll we'll stop there unless you've got anything else to add, boys. No, no. Okay, <laughs> let's go for it. What's going on next? Uh, so next, we're going to talk about the you the East League in England. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you have seen this. I'm sure you have, but uh, so they ended up voiding the season mm. on England hockey's advice, and the two teams promoted were in second and third. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I think that w- with that happening, uh, and you know, EHE's advice on, on basically avoiding leagues and uh, whatever, I think other leagues have actually done pretty much similar stuff where they've taken on the results of the year before and kind of promoted and demoted people um with regards to that and with the restructure of like leagues anyway with it being centralized i think something like that was probably going to happen anyway with 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 some teams obviously getting promoted anyway and some teams getting demoted or or whatever even though they didn't they weren't in the top two or top one or whatever whichever however the leagues work themselves some leagues work it differently sometimes it's the top two that go and get promoted the top uh, and the bottom two that get demoted. Some leagues work with the top one to start off with, and depending on how it works out with all the other leagues, it might be the top two or it might be the top, uh, bottom two or bottom one. But I think I don't know what I think it's a it's 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 not fair. But we we haven't been in a situation where uh, ever like this anyway. We've never been in a situation where we've had a pandemic, not had much games going on, and what else can you do? No- cancel cancel the season no relegation yeah. no promotion like there, there's an argument to be made of even if they've fulfilled enough fixtures for you to say we're gonna take these results into account mm. they might have had players missing and have to pull half of the team from the team below because people have got to self-isolate yeah, yeah. so i don't see why any leagues have gone with relegation or promotion options from this season why not just say this year's null and void? We'll pick up next year and go again. Because um, the restructure of a national league means they have to feed in some clubs. So East, they picked uh, Cambridge Uni and Bedford uh, for the men, and I think Ipswich maybe in Broxburn. Not sure for the women, um, yeah. <clears throat> but that's from not this season, but the season before. Who are going up? There's no relegation, um, but then we don't know what's going to happen. For example, with Division One feeding into Prem. Um, because potentially some people don't think they're going to be promoted and others do because there's now a shortage of clubs in that league. It's, it's all very difficult. Mm. But again, why move forward with a restructure when you can have that in place for after this following season and say, here is what we're moving to. Here's how many teams will go up. Here's how many teams will go down. Here's how we're going to work it. Was it I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't the restructure of the league going to happen not this season, the season, uh, the season after. Anyway, uh, they just brought it forward because of all this COVID thing uh, as well, isn't it? Oh, have I got that wrong? I thought it was this year coming. Oh, was was it? Okay, all right. Maybe, maybe I got it wrong. Maybe maybe because of the COVID thing, I'm still thinking it's another year down the line. Or yeah. Whatever. So I I think it was meant to come in for this coming season, and they okay. were going to rebalance the leagues based on results. But mm. when you then cancel the season, I don't see why you don't just knock that kind of a year forward as well. Yeah, and say we're going to be bringing in this new structure. We'll we'll rebalance the teams based on the results of this year. Mm. 
because I've been through it before where they've restructured leagues and because the restructure was coming and we played the season without knowing how many places were going to be going down, how many teams were going to be up, um, how they were going to be rebalancing the leagues above. So we had a season where I think we finished fourth in the league mm. um, and we were offered a promotion place purely because the team that won the league was not allowed to go up because they already had uh, the allowed number of teams in the higher leagues, as did the team that was in second place and the team that was in third refused promotion. (laughs) Okay. Um, We ended up taking it just because uh, they asked the right person on the wrong day and he just went, yeah, sure, whatever. (laughs) And I, I, you know, I don't, I don't think it, to be honest with you, I don't think it was, it was a decision taken lightly, right? They must've worked out, something you know eh or whatever with regards to restructuring and the effects that it might have if we if i say we but if they basically um kind of postponed it for another year i don't know maybe they've got a plan um they've got other things that they're actually putting into place like the the umpiring um restructure and the coaching restructure and stuff like that centralizing like the umpiring um you know database or whatever it is i don't know Maybe, maybe you thought they needed to do everything all in one go rather than putting into, you know, phasing in some uh, one thing and then phasing in another thing after that. I don't, like I said, it, it, it might have been, been an easy decision for them. It might have been a hard one. But there are probably a lot of debates going on, <laughs> even, at, even at EH, you know, in, in, in respects of should we do it, should we not do it, you know, can we do it, is it feasible, that sort of thing. But only, only EH know that, to be fair. <laughs> So, so basically, you don't think it's a good, it's a good idea then. You you you'd want it to be um be postponed for another year. I mean, yeah, I I don't see how you can base any sort of um performance related rewards like promotion mm. on a season where you can't be sure of what teams have been able to put out. Mm. I know yeah. my club struggled to put out some of our men's teams because uh, we're heavily weighted on juniors. Mm. And when they went back to school, we lost quite a lot of players with someone's come back testing positive. So the whole class has got to isolate. We've got four yeah. players in that class who are going to be playing, who now can't play. That's yeah. half your team gone. Yeah. No, I, I, I get that. Yeah, definitely. Any thoughts, uh, Si, on that? Um, well, I think they they had to take a decision because England Hockey are restructuring. Um, yeah. But the, the whole uh, uh, plan that they voted through at the AGM... Um, is to kind of avoid having to have these debates and decisions in the future, and it'll all be the same thing everywhere. Because, like up 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 north where you are, there's been barely any hockey, whereas down south where I am, we actually play quite a lot. Yeah. Um, so we were perhaps in a better position. We could maybe have, with a bit of luck, we might have managed to finish this half a season or something, mm. and then they could have promoted on merit um, rather than having to kind of do a fairly big compromise. But that's what the plan for the future is, isn't it? To try and avoid having these things and have everyone do the same thing. Yeah, but again, you don't know about the internal management of the other clubs. So even if you've played half a season, it could have been the second team fulfilling the first team fixtures because the first team had to self-isolate. And you just... It, there's too many um, caveats to give any sort of performance-based reward, in my opinion, from this past season. Yeah. No, I understand what, you, what you're saying, and, and you're probably right. There's probably been a mixed match of <clears throat> games that have been put out there um, 
or all teams that have been put out there because of someone having COVID or having to self-isolate for whatever reason. But I I don't know. I mean, we'll see how it goes for the next season when, when the, the league actually settles and we're actually playing a, a whole season of hockey, whether the promotions and, and, well, not the demotions, but the promotions have worked and whether those teams are going to still be in that division or not. If not, then... At the end of the day, it'll all settle down the year after, for sure. Um, and then the right teams will be in, in the leagues. I mean, I think whatever would have happened, I think it would have been the same thing with regards to whether whichever team went into into whichever divisions. Um, it still would have been, it would have taken about a year or a, a season for it to settle, and it would be settled the season after. Because, you know, maybe some teams would get promoted wrongly for whatever reason. And they come straight that back down again in the in the division that they're meant to be in. But you know, like I said, I think it. I think next season is going to be a bit of a an unknown for everyone, really. And I think it probably would have been anyway, even with the restructure a little bit. But it's probably going to be more so this time round because of COVID and because of how they've actually selected who's going to be going up into what uh, what divisions and what leagues. Um, but yeah, you know, like I said, it probably could, probably wasn't an easy decision anyway. Anything else to add to that, guys? No? No? Okay. What are we talking about next then, Fraser? So next we're going to talk about the Irish and GB Women's Cancelled Malaysia Tour. Yeah. That that was that was quite interesting because I remember, this was a few weeks ago, wasn't it? Um, I remember seeing this on social media. Uh, but after seeing the GB men arriving in Malaysia, like six hours or so before the announcement of of uh, Ireland women not being able to go, or the or the GB women who I think cancelled a few hours after the Irish women, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, I, I, it's not the same day, but I think the GB women made it as far as the airport. Yeah. Before they the trip was cancelled. Yeah. So as we said, the the GB men made it out and they fulfilled their tour. Yeah. Uh, but the Ireland women dropped out, and then I believe the GB women cancelled based on the level of competition. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Just, so, sorry, go on. So I was going to say, uh, so the GB women pulled out because without the Irish women there, they didn't think they'd get enough of a competitive game oh, okay. or enough competitive games out there okay. to, to well, get the simulation they were looking for. But surely if the Irish women cancelled, then the GB women would have had to cancel anyway because they would have been going into the same sort of restrictions, wouldn't they? Do you, know, do you see what I'm getting at? I don't know. Um, so it would be strange that GB women wouldn't cancel and they would be allowed to go to Malaysia. It only happened like hours between, you know, the GB men arriving in in Malaysia for, for their tour with the Irish women and the GB women cancelling, uh, basically. Um, I just I just thought, oh, this it's how I suppose it's the it's the announcement and when the announcements happen, isn't it really by the government to sort of like say this is what's going to happen. And obviously the GB men just made it and the, the Irish women and the GB women were just unfortunate enough to be on the other side of the announcement um but yeah you're right you know they were they were kind of near enough traveling to malaysia before they got they got to uh, return but they've actually played uh, um, some games now aren't they already uh, yeah so the irish women the island and gb women's teams have played some more uncapped games yeah yeah at bisham so i suppose that's um you know that's all right at least they've got some practice games in and uh, whatever um didn't GB beat Ireland this time round? I think I didn't get to see the results of one. Yeah, it's not been very well publicised, unfortunately. 
Secret uh, games. Secret yeah, games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all under uh, cloak and dagger and all that stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. You know, it's unfortunate that they couldn't go, but they they've managed to play each other released anyway. And I'm sure there's there's going to be other restrictions in the future, possibly, and then other li- you know lifting and restrictions, especially with like you know what's happening in India now at the moment, um, which is not looking good for them. Um, don't know how they're going to sort of like manage going to Tokyo if if things keep going the way they are doing at the moment. Um, but I hope I hope well you know I hope it's going to work out for them and they can do something at least. Um, so Fraser, what's next? Sorry, I was looking at the results from the GB Island games. All right, okay, go on then. So, uh, so only, I think there's only two. There's two gone up on GB's Twitter, and it's a three-one win for GB and a four-one win for oh, GB. Okay. Oh, Unsworth is scoring goals for fun, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, she's like you know. Centre forward now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why not? Well, they need one, don't they? <sighs> cool. Well, you know, that's good. That's not a bad result for them anyway. Maybe they've been trying different things and whatever. Um, so, what's next then after that? <laughs> okay, next we're going to have a small argument. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> we're going to discuss hockey fives. Oh, okay. Do we need it? Do, should we? Who's for and who's against? I don't even know about this one. <laughs> did you did you see the, uh, the discussion on, uh, on self-passes Twitter? <laughs> okay, Simon did. <laughs> so, um, I've, I've seen a few discussions been had about yeah. hockey fives yeah so well yeah i have as well um i am so, personally go on. not super against it okay all the, right there are some elements of it that i think are stupid yeah like shooting from anywhere yeah. i don't see how that's a good idea ever yeah but in terms of a small sided game uh, i don't necessarily see where it gets as yeah. much hate as it gets yeah well, we can discuss this, can't we? And then we'll, 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 I mean, maybe maybe Simon's on the other side of the fence. Who knows? Well, I, I used to be steadfastly against it. However, um, the uh, very wise and persuasive Sarah Juggins uh, taught me around a little bit on it as well. So I'm not, I, I think I'm a bit like Fraser. I'm not 100% for it. There's bits that I'm not hugely a fan of, but I'm open-minded. I'm not completely closed on it. But I do... But I still think, why not just take the indoor game and then play it outdoors? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's exactly, <clears throat> that's exactly what I was going to say. Like I say, you know, I'm not I'm not totally against the fives. I think they've tried this before, right? And it didn't work a, a few years ago, right? I'm pretty sure they did, right? And it didn't work. And they've reintroduced this hockey fives again, right? Especially in Australia. Um, and to be honest with you, I don't I don't see the rationale between the rationale of hockey fives, right? As you said, Sai, right? I would rather them do hockey sixes or something like that. So bring the indoor game outdoors, which is basically what they're saying it is. This that's what that's the, how they're promoting it. Play indoor hockey outdoors. So why don't you just have six sides for crying out loud? Do you know they're trying because to do five aside. Hockey sixes doesn't sound as good as hockey fives. Why? Why doesn't it? Why does it sound uh, as, as good as why? Why do they call it super sixes like we do in, in our indoor tournament in, in the UK? We call it super sixes. Brilliant name. Yeah. Yeah. Just adopt adopt that super sixes. There you go. You got a brand super name. Super sixes there. might be trademarked by Sky. I'm gonna put that out there. Is it all right? Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know if it is, but I'm pretty sure they've got super sixes. But I mean, the football. you know. But we, that, that's don't we call it Super Sixes in in uh, in the UK? Our indoor. 
Um, it certainly was when it was maxi fuel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, if we can use it, well, and Sky hasn't sort of like you know sued the ass off uh, uh, EH, then I think we, I think we're okay. Yeah, I, honestly. So, tell me why you why you like it, and I, I know what I would want to change, but go on. So, in terms of number of players, mm. five aside versus six aside, it it's a small difference. I would prefer sixes mm. because I think it makes it a bit more interesting on the small pitch. I think, as I said, shooting from anywhere is a stupid rule and just makes it dangerous. Is it is it from anywhere or is it just in? Uh, no, no, it's from anywhere. No, oh, it's it, from is... anywhere. Yeah, it's stupid. Oh, okay. I thought it was actually opposition half or whatever, but I'm, you know. No, uh, okay. as far as I can tell, it is just shoot from anywhere. Okay. Well, um, yeah, that sounds a bit which, like I say, to me, it's just dumb. Mm. Um, but one thing Hockey Fives does offer is if there's somewhere with a low number of players, it gives you a form of hockey you can play. Yeah. So I think Simon Mason put something out about how there's, through Hockey Fives, a lot of countries have started up hockey federations Mm. because they didn't have enough to field two or three competitive uh, 11-a-side teams. Yeah. But because they had enough players, they could put out three or four Hockey Fives teams and they could have competitive games. Mm. And that allowed them to go and play more competitive games in the Hockey Fives format. Yeah. So it just allows them to grow the game a bit. And then they've gone from Hockey Fives to playing 11 aside. Now they've got more... Um, more people involved. More involvement. Yeah. So I think there are there are pros and cons to it. I, I don't want to see Hockey Fives take over from 11 aside. No. I'd like to just see indoor hockey played outdoor. Yeah. I think it is a perfectly fine format. I don't think it being played indoor on a, in a sports hall would be changed much from playing it outdoor on a firm surface with some boards down the side. Well, that's exactly what it is, though, isn't it? It's just boards yeah. on, around the side, isn't it? It's just it's just the indoor boards on the side. Um, but it, with with that, it comes a lot of uh, expense as well uh, with regards to hockey fives. Um, aren't the boards really expensive? <laughs> really expensive. I, pay, I mean, a, a lot of money. A lot. Of I money. mean. Yes, but could they play them the games on uh, just an outdoor sports area? Like uh, I think it, leap hockey play basically indoor hockey on a roller skating ring. Right. So it's got boards along the sides anyway. Yeah, yeah. They just put goals up and uh, have a rough back line in line with it. Yeah. Or I think in some cases they just play against the the back wall as if it's one of the side mm. boards. But that it gives you options of different places to play which I think hockey is desperately looking for yeah. with pitches getting taken away, yeah. especially in the UK, to be replaced with um, football pitches yeah. or non-hockey friendly artificial pitches. Sounds good. Uh, Simon, your thoughts? Yeah. <clears throat> I, I do like the idea of being able to play on grass. And again, with a shout out to the reverse stick guys, they were talking about playing on grass a lot in a recent podcast, Yeah, which I didn't realise was happening. Um because I'm used to Astro, obviously, that's pretty much all we ever do here, apart from when you're on tour. Um, And I know the FIH has changed regulation, saying that on good quality grass, you could do kind of like lower tier international matches, which opens up the sport to more people, which is what they're there to do. So that's good. Yeah. yeah, One other thing was there's a lot of criticism about using 11-a-side footage. I personally have a problem with that, because where else, you know, there's not much footage about. (laughs) There's been no real tournaments for a long time. Um, 
and, and, and as long as it tells the story of what it's meant to be, personally, I'm okay with that. Yeah. It's a bit cheeky having people like Hannah Gablach in it from Germany because she's unlikely to play in this tournament. Yeah. Um, but the general concept, I'm okay with it. Yeah. I mean, you're right, though. But, I mean, they could have used the Hockey Fires footage from Australia. I mean, I know that it's not international uh, like uh, games or whatever, but they were actually playing in, uh, you know, Hockey Fives in Australia. They could have used a little bit of footage and that from there um, just to show people what it is exactly like. Um, but, I mean, I understand that, you know, a lot of people like going, like you were saying tonight, like going, why there's using, you know, 11 aside footage for a, uh, for a Hockey Fives promotional, um, you know, video or whatever. Um, but like you said, if there's no footage available, then you can only use what you got, really. My thoughts on this, like I said, I mean, and, and I think it's similar to both of yours, really. We Instead of having Hockey Fives, we should just have brought out the indoor game outdoors. And with regards to, like, shooting anywhere, yeah, I'm kind of in two minds about that one because although I'd love the idea of shooting from anywhere, <laughs> it sounds a bit dangerous for sure. Um, how do you... How do you as an umpire, um, sort of like gauge if it was going towards goal or not from a, from a, that far of a distance, really. I don't, I don't know the fives rules, but in outdoor hockey they changed it, and as long as it's apparently a shot on goal, yeah, yeah. like you clearly meant to get it on target, it counts as a shot on goal. Yeah, yeah. even if it goes miles wide. All right, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think shooting from anywhere is quite dangerous. Um, I mean, I. I kind of like when I do it. I sometimes do it as a as a, a control game where they can shoot from outside the D or or whatever. Um, but I never let them hit it. It's always like a slap or something like that. So the ball's not going at you know a hundred miles an hour. It's going at least half that pace. And well, some people can actually slap it hundred miles an hour as well these days. But it's not to me. It's not going to be lifted as much um, because it's going to be a little bit more controlled. But I've not done that for years not done that for years at all see i've done that where you can score from outside of the d but i always say it has to hit the backboard and i yeah. usually use that in a rule as a rule where we've been working on defensive play right. so it's about protecting the d and stopping the ball in right right so you say you can shoot from outside the d but no one's allowed in the d yeah yeah so they've yeah. got to protect it because people can slap the ball in yeah and it promotes kind of a pass into the d that is fit for a deflection yeah yeah yeah. Oh no. Like I said, I, I, you know, I, I used to do it years ago, and I, I don't think I've done it any time recently in the last I think, few years. I think I've come up with how we fix hockey fives. Go on then. So we get rid of the goalkeeper. Oh, okay. We shrink the pitch. Okay. We shrink the goal. All right. Uh, we put a cage up, and we just make a hockey version of the old Nike football advert. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, could, yeah, it could, work. It, could it, work. it does have to be played on a boat. That's a, a key part of it as well. It has to be played on a boat. <laughs> and we, we have to get a hockey legend stood on top of the cage in a suit at all times, <laughs> commentating. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, maybe we should pitch that idea to the FIH then. <laughs> or we could promote it ourselves. Yeah, we could. But, you know, we need, we need people to give us money <laughs> for getting this cage built and all that stuff. And buying a buying a huge boat. I was going to say the boat's going to be more expensive than the cage. Yeah, no, and and then obviously you know you got the celeb to sort of like pay as well, and it's going to be a lot of money. If I win the lottery, maybe let's do that then. You know what I mean? For sure. So to fix hockey fives, 
We need to get a cage. No, to fix hockey fives, we don't play it five aside. We play it six aside. We don't let them shoot from anywhere. Okay, and we play the indoor game outdoors. Simple as that. Because virtually that's what's happening anyway. Other than the the the, the different rules and whatever. And I, I just don't. I, I couldn't believe how much the the sideboards cost though. I mean, I don't think the indoor sideboards cost that much. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they don't. I'm not sure how much actually. I can't remember what the the what the figure was. But it was an extortionate amount of money. Let's not get onto the topic of pitch dividers. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. See, they're, they're quite expensive, aren't they? As well. So yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. Well, next to talk about is the latest announcement of a player from the UK moving overseas next season. I, I, I kind of was surprised about uh, this one. I didn't see this coming. I'm not sure whether you guys did. Um, we didn't even see like you know. Uh, I'm still I'm still upset with Creed and uh, Roper about not telling us. But yeah. <laughs> um, but I think you know what I I I'm we're, I'm going to take credit. The Talk Hockey Radio are going to take credit, right, for all these GB players going abroad and playing because we discussed this, didn't we, a few um, months ago that it would be a good idea if GB players went to play abroad, got some experience, and then came back even stronger. And look. That's what exactly what they're doing. So if you're listening, GB players, thank you for listening to us and keep doing it. Keep going. Go, go and play abroad. Um, so David Ames is what who we're talking about recently uh, has announced he's going to uh, Orange Rude. Rude. Oh, I can't even say it. Don't laugh at me, Simon. Go on. I, I, I was just thinking of a funny joke someone told me earlier. All right. Okay. No, you weren't. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Tell us the joke, Simon. <laughs> The joke. It was it was tough trying to speak Dutch. Um, yeah, exactly. I know. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's good that they're uh, heading. Listen, over. wait, wait. Excuse me. Wait, listen. Uh, how many languages can you speak? I can speak a bit of Flemish and a bit of French. I'm out of English. How many? How many fluent? How many languages can you fluently speak? We're gonna have a fight now. Yeah, well, it's a long way away. You're in Bolton. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I've got time to hide. <laughs> I can speak three languages, mate, fluently. So. Anyway, so how is it set? How how do you say it? Because I'm really rubbish at pronouncing uh, stuff anyway. Around your road. There you go. That's who they were. Maybe you can say that then. So David Ames has gone to. Around your road. I changed my name to. I uh, changed my uh, accent to Simon's there. Did you hear that? It was really good. Anyway, so yeah, he he announced recently that he's going there. Right. Um, like, were you surprised? I don't know. No. I, I just remember this is a podcast. No one can see me shaking my head and shrugging my shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's only it's what, a month of me doing this. Four, four times in a row I've done that. <laughs> I think uh, it's a it's a good it's a good move. It's a good idea to go over, and obviously they've got lo- a few more players that have gone over there as well. Um, and obviously, in general, there's a lot more players that have gone from uh, the GB squad over to various different countries to play in various different leagues and stuff. Um, like we were discussing before, um, it's only going to be good for the game in, in the UK, for sure, and, and and those GB players. Yeah, I think if you look at the, the best players we've produced as a country in the last sort of, 10, 20 years, all the really good ones have played over there, either in Holland or in Belgium or both, um, and there's you know, a few in Germany. Uh, it's good to have the experience of playing in another country, to experience the differences in approach and styles like Grace Ballston has attributed some of the development her game to playing over in um, uh, the NCAA in America um, and it doesn't just have to be over there I mean, Australia Anna Toman went there 
Mm. Ashley Jackson was completely rejuvenated by playing for uh, HGC. Mm. Um, so to me, it's a no-brainer. I know there's the argument against it. So one point is, particularly post-Olympics, it's good for the game if we've done well, that um, the players are visible and accessible for, for youngsters and whatnot to, to see. But then on the other hand, if you go to a typical Prem match, how many spectators are there? Mm. So I'm not sure how valid that argument really is. Um, obviously, it impacts the quality of the league if they go away. But on the other hand, when they come back, they come back substantially better players. Mm. Um, so for me, I'm all for it. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Like, sorry. sorry. Yeah, like the likes of Lily Owsley and um, Jacob Draper, Hannah Martin playing basically full-time professional hockey, but playing against different people each week and getting challenged in different ways. Like those three players particularly, but you know, they're young, they're ridiculously talented. Mm. It it's gonna be wonderful to see the impact on their game. Not that Brendan Creed is is not young and wonderfully talented, but he's a little <laughs> bit older by his own admission. <laughs> same. Yeah, we can be mean to them because they didn't tell us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're listening, Brendan. Listening, Mr. Roper. Um sorry, go on. Um Fraser, any thoughts on that? No. Like Sam said, I think it only it only is good for the game in the long run to get players out across to different places and playing and coming back after experiencing that culture. Mm. I think on the point of the player visibility, I don't think GB do a, an especially good job of player visibility anyway. So I think a much better approach would be with them going off and playing in the the professional leagues trying to get them back for uh, like a GB camp once a month not necessarily doing it at Bisham but taking it kind of on the road and getting them into school so like they have uh, the morning doing the GB training then in the afternoon they go and visit local schools mm. try and get people playing and you could move that around the country would probably give you an exponentially higher uh, player visibility than what they do at the minute of having them playing in the National League where they get six people turn up to watch and that's only because their kids are playing in the game before or after. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the bigger clubs do draw a little bit of uh, crowds and, you know, it's not massive crowds anyway. But Sorry, uh, seven people. <laughs> um, but the, the kind of like lesser, like visible clubs that do actually play don't get many spectators down, really. Um, but I think we need to, again, we've, we've talked about this before, we need to do a little bit more to... To sort of get people to come down and watch either the first team game and the second team game, especially if you're actually playing. We don't have, I mean, you know, we call ourselves a hockey family uh, as such in a hockey community, but we don't have um, that much of a um, community sense at the moment. To be, to be honest with you, you know, we, we don't we don't, we don't have a supporter culture. Yeah, yeah, that's you don't that's basically you can't talking. buy replica shirts. Yeah, yeah, you can't kind of. Uh, assume that because we have high player numbers that we'll have a high spectator number and i think that's also true at the national level but i think at our national league level it's especially true people would rather be playing than spectating and i think unless we go out of our way to separate the two aspects to make it so that there's no excuse for not going so playing on a friday night or playing uh, an early evening game after everyone else's matches have finished because I don't think moving it to a Sunday especially works, because at the times that they play, it clashes with youth hockey in a lot of places, especially competitive youth hockey, which is played um, where I am. It's played on a Sunday morning. It 
starts at about 10 o'clock and ends at about half three in the afternoon plus travel. Yeah, yeah. yeah so but... playing a 12 o'clock fixture on a Sunday makes it just as unwatchable as playing at 12 o'clock on Saturday. Well, you're right. I think, you know, the, the, the bigger games should be played later on in the evening and, then, and make it a, a, like a family occasion where, you know, after you've watched the game, um, you can have a bit of a barbecue or whatever and, and, and maybe have a little bit of a, a disco start. There's some clubs that actually do that in this in this country at the moment where their first team games are not the very first games that get played at, at 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock or whatever. It's actually the very last game of, of, of the day. And then they put on, you know, like, you know, food on as well and they, they put on some music and make it a bit more of a, like a party culture and stuff. Um, I think... If we start doing that, maybe we might get a little bit more because those people that have actually played previously throughout the day may stick around to watch the first team, especially the people from who are um, you know who have just played just before them, whichever team that might be. Um, I don't know. I think there's there's a lot of clubs out there that have their first team play at noon, at twelve o'clock or one o'clock because that's their prime time. Um, what they see is prime time, but I think. If if they delayed that and said the first team game is at is at let's say the last game that that can ever be played, which is probably about four o'clock, and then have food on afterwards and and make it a bit more of a party culture, and maybe 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 we might get a bit more supporters. But there's a lot of clubs out there that don't have their own pitches as well, unfortunately, uh, and so they can't do that. But the clubs that have, maybe they should do that. I don't know if your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean at our club uh, we. A little while ago, started putting particular women first team play on Saturday, so same day as most people in our club. So we started putting one last um, towards the end of the day, and it meant that the majority of the club could see them if they if they stuck around. Sometimes it meant sticking around for an hour or two, yeah. but for most people, that meant they just went and watched more hockey and yeah. and supported more of a club. So it was a good thing. Um, when we were playing against Holcomb or Southgate away, um, we were pretty much always on last uh, against Holcomb. They would ask to play against us uh, under floodlights at night time, so having to get permission from us and the umpires to do it. But it meant that their little stand thing was always full. At Southgate, there was a pretty um, hostile crowd, uh, <laughs> to say the least. Um, and it, it was really good. Um, I mean, for them, not so much fun for us. Some yeah. players enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it's definitely true that it, it can work. A problem we encounter as a National League club at Cambridge is we do have people coming a long way to play for us. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you're, say, an under-18 or an under-16 in the second-team squad, or maybe in the threes trying to get into the twos, um, it's a big ask, potentially, to stick around for a whole day and yeah. uh, to watch that hockey, uh, and for the parent as well who's driven there or something. Um, but, yeah, you know, we've had a resurgence recently because of mixed hockey that we're running on a Wednesday and the Saturday hockey, and people are keen to, to hang about and chat to each other afterwards, and the atmosphere has massively improved as a consequence of this. So hopefully, I, I think I've said it before, but hopefully all this difficulty we've had in the last year and a bit could potentially be a spark for everyone enjoying themselves again mm. uh, and, and really embracing the opportunity to be together and be a club and be a community. So... You never know. So I mean, so you're saying to me that uh, your your team or the ladies' the first team went to a, a late evening or late afternoon fixture and people hung around and watched. So it did actually work for you guys. Oh yeah. So like for example, um, when they played against Mag uh, Halston Magpies uh, a season or two ago, um, 
the pretty much the full sideline. We've got a little fence. So we've got a big, big, big fence to keep the balls in. And then a smaller one is like a, a divider from a pitch. Yeah, yeah. That's lined from top to bottom with people. Uh, and then there are other people on the balcony watching. Um, for Reading, uh, there's normally a bit of a crowd there because obviously I've got Amy Tennant. For Wimbledon, there always was because I've got Toman and uh, Susie Petty and a few other good players. Mm. Um, or if they're all good, but you know mm. what I mean. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> um, you know, so so there was a, a decent crowd uh, at the women's first team matches, um, and they were always on last pushback. And quite often, we were lucky, and last pushback might be a three o'clock pushback. Um, just because we've got free pitches, which is obviously a, a big advantage to have. Yeah. Um, but it means, for the most part, people can see good good hockey and then stick about, have a few beers, chat in the, in the clubhouse afterwards. Yeah. And it's really nice. And unfortunately, the men play on a Sunday, so a lot of the juniors stay to watch. Um, yeah. And we do get local residents coming in. Like I say, like, sorry, members who live locally will yeah. come watch as well on a Sunday. Um, but it's a bit harder for other people who live a bit further away, sort of like 40 minutes to an hour. I mean, we've got one or two people who come from sort of Northampton area to play for us. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, overall though, it does, it does work then really from oh, what yeah. you're saying. It can do. So, yeah. But you just need people to push it and drive it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. When I was first team manager, I, I still get the Facebook memories coming up of me talking about how amazing these players are and encouraging people to come and watch. And that's something that people need to take pride in and, and be happy and excited about. Like, you need to be able to do it with all of it. So if I'm watching our women's second team with some of my teammates before a match or something, I'll tell the, the juniors, you know, watch what this player is doing. And even if they're in the ladies' second team or in, in, the, in the men's third eleven, you can still learn something from them. Yeah. You know, the stuff they're doing, they're good players. They're playing a high level. Yeah. Um, and it's just people taking a bit of an initiative to really be proud of their club yeah. and proud of the people that are associated with the club. Like, there's amazing people at my club. I'm so proud of them. <laughs> and just need to get people to acknowledge that and yeah. to celebrate it. Cool. What about you, Fraser? How, how did your club do stuff? And have you tried different things? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, because my club isn't the, the highest standard around, um, we don't tend to get a, a massive crowd for any of our games. So we play most of our games at noon on a Saturday. Um, we've had a few local games where we've had to rearrange them when we've played the midweek, and we've we've always had a decent turnout when we play those games. All right, okay. Um, so I think a couple of seasons ago we played our final league game to secure uh, promotion against the local side, and I think we must have had 30, 40 people down yeah. to watch. Yeah. So that was a, a good a good evening. Yeah, I think that that's the thing, isn't it? It's promoting that that you know final league game or something like that, making a big effort to actually sort of like say that's the final league game of the of the season. Let's get everyone down. Let's make it a let let's make it a club day or something like that, right? Even if you know other um, other teams have got like um, you know games during the day or whatever. If your first team or second team or whatever is their last game, make it one of one of, make it a club day. Get people down. Get them watching. Because I think that's I think that's what we're lacking. We we don't promote it enough as as individual clubs. To sort of like say this is this is what's happening on such and such a day. Get yourself down there. We're gonna have the uh, you know the clubhouse open. We're gonna have like a barbecue. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. A lot of clubs do it at the start of the season, but we should you should finish off with a bang as well. I think. <laughs> anyway, right. <laughs> um, I might try it at my club. I don't. We don't play at a, at a massively high standard anyway. First division. But it's 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 all right, I suppose. Um, 
but yeah, could try it in our place. But we don't have a, our own pitch, unfortunately. And having the advantage of doing stuff like what you know I've just suggested is the only advantage would be if you've got your own club, club, and you've got your own pitch there, and the clubhouse is right there. It would be a, le- a better way of doing it than if you're actually having to travel from the pitch to somewhere to actually host something. Right. Anyway, let's uh, move on. <laughs> yeah. So up next, we've got the new coaches for the hockey ruse being announced. Okay. Yeah, I saw this a few a week ago, probably maybe a little bit more. Um, do you know? Do you know these people? I, um, I kind of heard of the first one, but not the second one. So I know that I, I kind of know, not personally, of course, know of Katrina Powell, who's uh, the head coach at the moment now, or she's taken on the reins of being the head coach, former Olympian, and she's taken it up until the the Olympics, for what I understand, and maybe then carry on after that but yeah she's got a good good enough playing record um she seems to be an an, an all right coach as well where where she's actually coached in um like club level or 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 regional level or whatever um um i i don't know much about her coaching sort of like you know career but yeah she was part of the hockey ruse at uh, some point in the past uh got a few caps under her belt as well (laughs) um and you've got Jeremy Davy, who I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Have you come across that name before? No. We, I might be totally oblivious, and he might be the, like the bee's knees and was a uh, hockey ruse or whatever as well. Sorry. Um, um, uh, uh, God, what am I trying to say? Kookaburra. Kookaburra, that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, was a Kookaburra as well, but um, uh, I could be completely wrong there. And, I mean, with what's going on, and what's gone on in uh, in Australia at the moment? Hopefully, these two can make a big change. But the surprise—not the surprise—I think this will probably come in anyway. Rick Charlesworth has been appointed as one of the selectors uh, on the selection committee or whatever um, for Hockey Australia. I think that's a good move by them. Really, uh, there, there was a bit of a like a not not great man, but whispers sort of like to sort of say he, he could be the the next coach for the Ruse, but. Um, that didn't happen, um, but he's on the selectors. Maybe he, he can affect change as well because he's he's a good player. He's you know he's a legend in 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 the hockey world, isn't he? Really. Um, so I don't know. What do you think about those appointments? For me, I think um, first of all, it'll be nice um, for maybe Australia to adopt the controversial tactic of picking the best available players. Mm. I'll be, um... <laughs> I don't think that'll catch on. <laughs> but you, you never know. But you, you know, Charlesworth is is um, is kind of that kind of person, though. To be honest with you, when he was doing, when he did, he, he coached the Cookaburras, didn't he? Yeah. Um, um, a good few years ago, I'm talking about now. Um, and did he not select? He selected the, the the best players available to play in that team. Now, with with him being on the selection panel. Hopefully that's gonna is gonna make that change happen and sort of like say right okay we are gonna pick the best however many players they have in the development and and also the nationals national squad maybe maybe Rachel Lynch is uh, on her way back well you should hope so wouldn't you really I mean it's part of a revolution picking yeah. the best players um, yeah it's it's quite incredible that they um didn't didn't pick um, <laughs> the best available players but whatever. Um, yeah, I think he'll. You know, he's 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 not someone who who will pick players to build for the future. Yeah, he'll go. You're the best one, so I want you. Um, 
and you can't really fault him. His record's very, 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 very competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's clearly, uh, I think it's a good appointment. Um, and then the reception from you know people who I think we, we all trust, uh, likes of Flanagan and, and Parker and so on, was very positive about the coaching appointments. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I heard an interesting interview of Adam Commons the other day talking about how it seems a bit silly to try and speculate because no one knows what's going on inside. Mm. Um, and to an extent, I can agree, but the volume of players coming out and saying there are problems, and when you look at the number of great players they lost, mm. it's incredible. So, to me, it seems like this is a good step in the right direction. Uh, probably took longer than it needed to. Um, yeah. well, I mean, another another thing that was uh, done um, over the last month or something, the appeal that uh, Rachel Lynch and who was the other player, I can't remember, right, was that was actually upheld, wasn't it? Um, uh, Georgie so, Morgan? Yeah, that's it. Sorry, Georgie Morgan. Sorry, Georgie. Um, basically, her their, their appeal was upheld. So basically, they, the door is now open for him to come back. In, into into the setup. Um, so hopefully, you know, with Rick on the selection panel now, he will select the best players. Now, if that's Georgie and um, Rachel as well, that's going to happen. Then he's going to ha- he's going to have them in there. Those two places still haven't been filled, so they still are open in, in a sense, from what I understand. Um, so those two players can actually come back in it. It's almost like the original coach was making a power move and keeping two positions open in case they fell in line. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, you know, you, you'd think that, wouldn't you? <laughs> so just uh, very quickly, yeah, uh, yeah. I think we've missed one of the assistant coaches. There's actually been two appointed. Oh, is there? All right, sorry. Yeah, so there's also Katie Allen, Okay. who's outlined in the announcement as being one of the assistant coaches as well. Oh, okay. Do we know much about uh, Katie Allen? Sorry, go on. Since, uh, since you said no. that, no. Okay, might have to do a bit more research on that one and then come back. <laughs> um, well, you know that's that's good because, like I said, you know, it, it, with all the appointments there, with Casey Allen, Jeremy Davey, and Katrina Powell being in that in the coaching setup, um, hopefully it's going to change a lot because these are new coaches, aren't they? So a new sort of like ethos, new kind of um, coaching environment. Um, hopefully different, very, very much different to the previous coaching environment and also Rick Charlesworth with all the other selection panel um, appointments uh, is going to hopefully make a big, big, big difference into how things move forward for um, Hockey Roos and um, Hockey Australia, really. Um, Hopefully it's going to affect good change and we'll get Rachel Lynch, who is arguably one of the best keepers in the world, um, back in a squad that really would definitely need her to be there um especially be- with with you know the things that have been going on with regards to covid and stuff you can't get a, a fresh-faced uh keeper in there that hasn't got much experience or whatever over a, someone who's like i said arguably one of the best keepers in the world is she not reigning goalkeeper of the year yeah well that too as well yeah so so if she isn't the best she's definitely one of the best anyway put it that way and she is reigning goalkeeper of the year and i just don't understand well i do understand why why whatever happened happened because of all the cultural rubbish that was going on behind the scenes and stuff but it's going to make make a difference hopefully uh okay uh let's move on let's move on good luck to them by the way except if you're listening rick if you're listening rick hi we met a long time ago (laughs) go on uh so we have a recent announcement of a retirement uh from the Canadian men's hockey side. Yeah. 
Um, Richard uh, Hildreth been on in the squad for for a while. Um, uh, from what I understand, um, he's he's kind of like a is he a kind of a vet player, isn't he? Well, I say a vet player, an experienced player, should I say. Yeah, so 188 caps for Canada yeah. at time of retirement. 40 international competitions, 17-year career. Wow, amazing. And again, you, you know, we were talking about this before, and I think it's it's kind of strange that these, these you know, international athletes are actually retiring just before kind of like the, the Olympics. I don't think I've ever... Have you? I don't know. Have you ever noticed these kind of retirements in the past, just before an Olympic uh, sort of like year or whatever Olympic kind of tournament happening soon? No, but I think these are what would have been the post-Olympic retirements that you see after every Olympic cycle. Yeah, there are people who, when they get to the the tail end of their international careers, just know when it's time to to hang the hat up. Yeah, like yeah, I say. I- with yeah, the but, Olympics being postponed, yeah, they've added another twelve months on, mm. and yeah, maybe I mean, they just can't get back to where they feel they need to be to compete at that level. Yeah, I, I think it's a common some. So some people retiring, it will be because they're not going to get selected. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, and you know, and there's no shame in that. Um, and then others. I, I was talking to um, a retired international recently, and they said that. I think it was like from the age of 24 or 25 they had always had pain in their body whilst playing and i'm sorry after after playing like significant discomfort yeah so you know you get to a certain age and it's just not viable to carry on unfortunately yeah um and and they they conditioned and were planning to go for that and they still don't know with 100 percent certainty if the tournament's going to go ahead either mm. um yeah yeah exactly it's a big impact you know a lot of them like um what's it georgie twig made a commitment to her employer, the, the law firm, that after Rio she'd stop and be more available and, and basically pay them back for the for the uh, flexibility they'd shown. Yeah. Obviously, she could have carried on because she was easily one of the best midfielders in the world Yeah. Um, and would have walked into the team again. Um, but she'd made that commitment uh, to sort of pay them back. And there'll be people who make commitments to families and to employers and so on, but at a certain point they need to move on. Um, yeah. So yeah, we are. yeah, yeah, yeah. We are in strange times, obviously. You know, with a with a delayed Olympics and stuff. And um, I can appreciate that. You appreciate what you're saying, Sai. That you know, if a lot of these players are very, you know, um, you know, honourable kind of thing, and and will do what's what's uh, best for you know them in in the long run and stuff. Um, I think I think you're right with regards to. Um, them sort of like trying to honour what they've already said, and and with this delayed Olympics, maybe maybe it's it's them sort of like turning around and saying, right, okay, well, I've got to do what I what I said I was going to do. I appreciate that we've still got an Olympics coming up, but maybe it's time for me to go, and maybe it's time for someone else younger to probably take on my position or whatever. Um, but yeah, I I totally understand that. But um, you know, I. It just it's just strange to me, and I think it's only strange because it's 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 been a delayed Olympics, and and these would be the times where people would actually start saying, right, I'm going now. That's it. That's it for me. Thank you very much, and thanks for supporting me and all that as well. Uh, okay, um, so good luck to Richard anyway uh, on his retirement. Uh, I don't know whether he's actually just retiring from international hockey or whether he's just retiring hockey in in general. 
I would, I would, I would hope it's just international and he's carrying on playing club or whatever. Um, right. Um, next one, Fraser. Okay, so up next we have the Stick It to Racism campaign, and at time of recording, the current sport social media boycott that is going on over this bank holiday weekend. Yeah. Um. There. I mean, I I, me- I messaged you guys about this um because I don't know where I was in in Gaga land because I didn't know about this um this was about a few days ago wasn't it <laughs> uh when I heard about it um it started off by the uh FA didn't it and and other sports have actually uh come on board with this which is which is good um there are lots of people supporting it uh there are a few people that have said they're not going to support it so my question to you both is do these kind of short boycotts actually work I think it can do um but it's it's they're not going to stop the fans or if you i don't really think you call them fans but you, like there's no better term for it um <laughs> but they can't stop the people from attacking them on social media but hopefully they can jog some action from the actual platform management i mean you see some of the stuff that gets said and then when it's reported it it's not upheld and there's no no conceivable argument really mm. certainly if it was a uk so taking the uk as the example if it, some of the language that I've seen used, if it was being read by a moderator from the UK, there'd be no question it should be censored. Yeah. But obviously it's not. It's sometimes being censored by, by it's being mon- moderated by people who don't understand the nuances of British culture and what certain terms mean or yeah. why something might be offensive. Um, so it, it gets rejected. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I can see that some people are saying that you should have to have proof of ID for being... Um, for having an account but obviously there's there's some good parody accounts out there uh and, and other ones which are um kind of not not individuals as such so for example sorry this is completely irrelevant from hockey but to try and not be in an echo chamber i follow a pro brexit account to get the other view yeah um uh but they, you know they shouldn't have to use their name no. necessarily unless they start going off on random personal tangents <laughs> Yeah, um, but if it's stuff that's just about pro leave and pro Brexit stuff, and to me it's fu- it's fair enough for them to use use their own thing, just like you know, you you running the uh, the hockey family account, not having yeah. to be on there as Taft, just be the hockey family uh, yeah. and, yeah. and Jade with with Hockey World News and whatnot. Yeah, oh, so, I totally, yeah, I totally understand that, and you know, it, <clears throat> it's um, it's it's hard. I think personally. Um, I don't think sh- short um, like boycotts work. Fraser, I don't know whether. What about you? Your thoughts on that? Well? Again, as Simon said, I don't think a short boycott is ever going to put us in a position to draw a line under it and say there will be no more yeah. racial abuse on sh- social media. But what it does do is it raises awareness and it gets people talking about it. It gets platforms aware of, like Simon says, some of the nuances that need to be taken into consideration and actions need to be taken it also prompts um governing bodies of to see the scale that there is to this racial abuse Mm. and to hopefully come up with actions that they can take forward that are realistic for uh the treatment of it Mm. while i do agree that i think you should be able to have an account that is completely devoid of um your personal information mm. speaking as someone who runs an account without a face <laughs> yeah. um 
I am not against it being linked to my personal account. Yeah. So there, there is always that line of um, traceability. So yeah. anything that I put out, the platform itself can get back to me as an individual, yeah, even yeah. if that information isn't shared publicly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, and I think that's the oh. line that needs to be drawn. Yeah. So you can have an account that is completely faceless to the public. Yeah. But if you put out something that is um, racist or prejudiced or sexist, how, you know, whatever is said, that the platform can trace it back to you. Yeah. Yeah. And the, well, I'm not the only people who can argue with that are people who are kind of going to be in the wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally agree. And, and you know, like like Simon said, you know, I've, I've got talk hockey radio um, um, social media platforms and I've got the hockey family platforms. Um, and you run the FIH one. <laughs> do I? Do I? I wish I did. Do a better job. Sorry, FIH. It's <laughs> a bit harsh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a joke. Um, but, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I'm I'm actually with you on this one, um, Fraser, with regards to you know having links to even like a, a like a business account kind of thing, you know. Um, uh, although I've got these and I've also got my own personal social media accounts as well. So I don't I don't mind being linked to uh, Talk Hockey Radio or, or the Hockey Family if, if you know, anything is said that isn't nice or whatever. It's never going to happen, not even from my personal account anyway as well. <laughs> That's not what I'm like. Um, but if anything did happen, then they would be able to trace it back to me, which is fine, and then reprimand me in, in a way that they, they see fit. Um I think the problem is that the, these other anonymous accounts or people that use these uh, accounts just to abuse people, just because they are, I don't know, just sick of what's going on, or I don't, I don't know, or just bored. Sometimes it's even that. Sometimes it's just boredom. They'll troll you for just being bored. Um, they want to rise at you for whatever reason. It's, it's just not on. You don't, you don't understand. You don't realize what people are going through. You, you really don't. And I don't think there's there's people out there that actually realise this. People have their own lives, you know. You you Fraser and Sai, you know, you got your own lives. You've got your own ups and downs that are happening. I've got my own ups and downs that are happening. No one knows what I'm going through. No one truly knows what you know what you guys are going through either, unless you know we put it out there and 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 sort of like start saying, well, this is the situation, blah blah, this that and the other. Um, so giving people abuse, you you don't know what what they're capable of doing after that. And especially like some of these footballers are coming out with, you know, their their families are getting, um, you know, racially abused as well. Um, they're also getting death threats to their families. That's ridiculous. Well, we had that in in hockey. Uh, yeah. Don't forget with uh, the Argentinian fella. Uh, yeah. uh, after that that decision with the um, Irish men. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean. <sighs> There's, 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 there's even been like, if I remember correctly, many years ago, where um, a, a football player from, I think, was it Argentina or one of the South South American uh, football teams that went to uh, the World Cup and apparently he missed a penalty and yeah. they didn't get through to. I can't remember who it was now. They didn't get through and apparently he got back to his country and he was killed for 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 missing a goddamn penalty for crying out loud. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Honestly. Um, but that's 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 an extreme, and I, I, and I wish to God that never happens again, or doesn't happen in our in our sport or whatever. 
Um, but trolling is one thing, then, and 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 basically, you know, saying to the saying to the footballer or the or, or the athlete that we're going to go after your kids or we're going to go after your misses and or whatever. That's ridiculous. What sort of a human being would do that? It honestly it really winds me up that does because. You don't know what's going through in, in their in, in 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 their lives. They might be, you know, all hunky dory in front of you, you know, because that's how they've got to be. But you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You know, they they could be having problems. They might not have any problems. I don't know, you know. But you don't know. So hopefully, fingers crossed, right? This boycott does actually do something. It does make the you know social media platforms uh, stop and and look and and realize that you know. Sport is has got a, a good following in general. You know, you do get the bad eggs that are doing these sort of things anyway, right? Um, but sport's got a good following, and more more people support this than not support it. Um, and you know, we at, at the hockey family and Talk Hockey Radio, we're not we're not being we're not going to be posting anything over this weekend anyway. Um, so you know, we're supporting it in in that sense. But I'm hoping that. You know, it supports shows solidarity a little bit, even though I think it doesn't really help that much unless it's a proper all-out boycott where you don't use their platform ever <laughs> until they change that, start changing the policies or their monitoring, um, sort of like um, you know standards and stuff. Um, I'm just, I'm as you can tell, I'm really against it. <laughs> but there's you know other people that other people and other platforms, uh, sorry, other social media accounts and platforms and people don't think it's going to work so they're not taking part in it which is all right that's their that's their choice and uh, or whatever um but you know I, I think they've stated why they're not taking part in it because they don't actually think it works not that they 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 sort of like post every single day anyway or whatever but it's just one of those things yeah so likewise i've i've joined with the boss f hockey account um i've not posted anything since putting the message up to say that I'm not going to post over this bank holiday weekend on Thursday. Yeah. Um, again, as someone is who is highly active on social media, mm. I've also gone to the extent of I've logged off of the accounts on my phone. I'm not going on social media at all this weekend. All right. Okay. And, and hopefully the drop in traffic will also get the platforms to, to raise some attention to this. Yeah. Well, hopefully, definitely. You know, they, they should see a fingers crossed. They will see a big drop in non-activity on on their social medias because of this and because of all this uh, all the sports that are actually taking part and the people like you know you, yourself and myself um who are who are trying to support it as much as we possibly can in, in the sense that we're not going to be posting stuff on there um i don't know if other bigger organizations have actually joined uh, in that in the in the in support of that or anything like that hopefully they have so uh, FIH and Eurohockey, I think, have both decided to do it. Yeah, I saw I saw that as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you know, again, good, good on them because you know they they're quite active. Usually, they post regularly on a daily basis, don't they? Um, so them basically not posting um, over the weekend, and uh, at least until Monday evening or whatever, uh, or a Tuesday morning kind of thing. Um, it'll it'll show that you know. We're, we're kind of serious. We, we want we want change. Whether it's whether it's in football, whether it's in uh, netball, whether it's in hockey, you know, we we want that change to happen. We want to make sure that we can protect you know people from any sort of abuse, not just from racial abuse. Um, God, right? Come on, let's let's move on. 
that's depressed me a little bit. <laughs> okay. Uh, so moving on, Simon's going to give us an impassioned speech about the Euro na- Hockey Nations tickets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I'm, I'm not sure it'll be impassioned. Um, <laughs> Go on, yeah, so, so yeah, the uh, the situation is they've they've decided good thing we're going to go ahead with crowds and the reaction's been good. There's been a number of players and umpires commenting about it when the news broke, um, saying how nice it will be uh, to play in front of people again uh, and to officiate in front of people again. Um, they're limiting it to 2,700 tickets uh, on a match day. And people will be sat in uh, sort of house groups. So um, if you if you're just going by yourself, you'll be sat and then socially distant from everybody else. And if you go in a, in a group of your household of maybe six people, then you'll be a six and then socially distant either side. Um, and obviously, the, the Wagner Stadium is is massive by hockey standards anyway. Um, so there's plenty of room to be able to facilitate this. Um, I'm sure there'll be a premium for being undercover just in case it rains. Yeah. Um, then. Uh, at the minute, for example, us in the UK, if, if restrictions are as they now are currently, we would have to quarantine for 10 days uh, to be able to get in um, because, unfortunately, uh, one of the uh, consequences of um, Brexit is that we don't have the same freedom of movement. Um, so if you're coming from Belgium, as I understand it, you wouldn't need to quarantine. Uh, but from the UK, you would. Um, oh, Brexit. Sorry. But hopefully by then, things will have changed. Um, cause obviously it's it's getting a lot better um so yeah they're hoping that maybe obviously if things do continue to improve then then they might be able to let in more um tickets i think they stopped selling them very quickly uh because well i guess they sold out <laughs> um I, my, my dutch wasn't completely perfect so i couldn't completely understand what the reason was there were statements coming out from the khnb about it um explaining why they were stopping but i couldn't quite get my head around what the explanation was um but yeah so it, it, it's it's good obviously, but there's going to be crowds. I know you, um, your Hockey Federation was really worried about not being able to do that um, and then having to probably change the modelling for how they do online viewing again, like they did with VHL Final Four. Um, but yeah, for myself, I'm I'm desperate to go along. I miss the uh, the events desperately. <laughs> um, really enjoyed the Euro, Euro Hockey in Antwerp. Uh, been to it in Amstelveen before, in Amsterdam. Um it's good, you know, but always a well-delivered event. Um, and I think this this Euros could be a really interesting one because of the timing. If it's so close to the Olympics, yeah. surely, you know, the big guns are not going to want to whip out their, their top penalty corner routines <laughs> um, or, 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 you know, some of their tactics. So some of them are probably going to... I know that they're going to... They'll go hard. They'll, they'll try and play. They'll play to win. But they're going to hold back on certain areas, whereas other people, like maybe the French or the Welsh, so the men, they're... They're going to be going all guns blazing because they've got a chance of winning a medal. Yeah. Uh, because others are having to hold something back in the tank. Um, so it could be really interesting. Um, I, I'm very excited to see what happens. I don't know what's going on lower down. Like, for example, the Czech Republic was uh, due to host the next level down for the women. Um, I can't remember the men's one was. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I, I haven't seen or heard anything about that. Um, yeah, anyway, that is my impassioned uh, rant. <laughs> It well, it's, good, it's good that they they kind of like stopped ticket sales because they ran out so quickly, and, and I think I think it goes to show that people are actually missing it, like you're saying, you know, you you know, missing going there and watching watching the games and whatever. Um, hopefully, like you're saying, fingers crossed, uh, there will be some change, and maybe maybe you can go and you won't have to isolate for ten days. 
Um, if, but is is that even when you've had your vaccines and stuff? Because you've had yours, haven't you? Yeah, so I've got my second one on Wednesday. Um, okay. so um, at the time of recording, so what's that, four days away? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, by then I should have as much immunity as I'm going to get. Um, but no, at the minute there's no, uh, what's it, vaccine passport, whatever they call it. That's not been negotiated yet or secured or whatever. Um, but yeah, it'd be nice. I'm not so sure about the vaccine passport, but that's a different conversation and probably a different uh, sort of podcast as well. Uh, <laughs> so um, I can shine a little bit of light on that in that some places are not willing to let you travel, even if you're fully vaccinated, because okay. you will have the UK strain of the yeah, yeah. coronavirus or COVID, I should say, yeah, yeah. Um, and they don't want you bringing that over. So they yeah. would still be asking you to quarantine. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I say vaccinated and whatever is vaccinated. You know, obviously, if you're vaccinated, you're protected yourself. You're you're protected, but you you can still be a carrier, right? Without knowing it, anyway. Um, so I'm, you know, like I'm presuming <clears throat> that even though obviously, say you're you're vaccinated, you could actually still be a carrier and transmit it to somebody else, maybe who has not got a vaccine, vaccine or whatever. So yeah, I I, I understand where where they're coming from in that sort of sense as well um well let's hope that things change si, and then you can go and maybe re- re- report back to us and see and let us know what happened <laughs> um okay um so what's uh what's next or, or oh, that's the last that's the last topic isn't it that's the last topic we've got yeah but we have we have got any other business as well because si was talking to us a bit earlier about talking about what we were going to talk about i can't remember now <laughs> Injuries. That was a very oh, coherent like, summary for me. Yeah, <laughs> only said about um, about about yeah. five times. I'm so tired. Go on, carry on. <laughs> yeah, no, just just bad luck. I mean, um, obviously Hannah Martin is currently out injured, but I believe it's only a short term one. Um, so she should be back uh, fairly soon, hopefully. But yeah, obviously Tess uh, from the women is out, and that's a massive shame. Um, probably one of our best players. Yeah. Um, and uh, a real leader on the pitch. So I mean, she's doing a good job of trying to stay positive, and she's posting constantly. Well, not not this weekend, but posting constantly about the rehab and uh, supporting other people with similar injuries. So it's it's really good to see. Uh, I didn't realize I didn't realize how how serious it was until I actually saw that the, the cast on her leg and all that stuff. You know, strapped up and whatever. I was like thinking, wow, that I I didn't think it was that bad. But then looking at her, thinking, oh my god you know get well soon kind of thing <laughs> i think she's gonna be out for a while though isn't she yeah i mean it's normally nine months to 18 months depending on how bad it can go in the recovery process but yeah. i mean tess she'll probably be back in about two weeks <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yeah she's <laughs> yeah she you know like you you know we, we i think we were discussing this uh um um when we when we spoke uh, this week uh side that uh you know she, she's been she's even been out playing with a broken hand and all that stuff as well you know before now so i won't put it past her in two weeks i know so you know what i mean um, stand on the far post tonk it to her go old school yeah yeah <laughs> she'd have to get her leg out you know <laughs> because it's all in plaster or whatever um strapped up and whatever um but yeah um hopefully you know, full and speedy, full recovery for Tess. Um, you know, all the best to you because I think we're going to miss her at the Olympics yeah. um, and 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 the Euros as well. Um, it's going to be, I don't know, it's going to be quite tough. And let's see who who's going to be the person that's going to 
take her place at the front. It so looks like... looks like it's Laura Unsworth. <laughs> yeah, we, I was just going to say. She's playing in a forward at a midfield role at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that, you know, maybe Unzi is, is going to be the uh, the replacement for uh, Howard. <laughs> oh, Laura Unsworth's just a ridiculous hockey player, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Fraser, you're a bit quiet. I was just listening to Simon's impassioned speech. um but yeah i think uh you know hopefully you know we've we've got some injuries and hopefully fingers crossed others other countries will have injuries as well uh and it'll balance itself out um i mean having we had a conversation earlier about the australians and uh picking the best available team yeah (laughs) having said that i probably would take some some of the g the, the edp squad yeah. Just to not not just to give me experience. I mean, some of them I think are probably good enough already to yeah. be uh, mixing it. Um, but yeah, you know, it's going to be a tough Olympics, so this it could be an opportunity to uh, develop some players. Um, who knows? Well, let's see. Let's see who takes on the reins and who who gets put in in that um, in that squad. Okay, I think this is it, isn't it? Is that this is this the unfinally stage? I yeah. believe so. I think it is. So go on then. And finally, Fraser, get on your soapbox. (laughs) No, I refuse. (laughs) All right, moving on. (laughs) Go on. Yeah, so I have a Patreon to support Boss F Hockey and cover the cost of reviews and giveaways. Uh, It's patreon.com forward slash Boss F Hockey. It ranges in price from $1 to $2. And it gets you early access to reviews uh, and some other content, and that's about it. Right. Uh, we've got have we got reviews coming out anytime soon? Yeah. Now so back I, on the pitch. <laughs> I've just published three reviews for Y One. I have got an Osaka review coming out very shortly, and then I've got another two coming up just after that, which are reviewed and just need to be edited. Are they coming out on um, on uh, the Hockey Family, or is it just on your YouTube at the moment? Uh, they will go up on Patreon. Right. Uh, you get exclusive early access, and then once they come out of early access on there, it will be published everywhere for everyone to access on YouTube and the Hockey Family. So, how long do you wait? Uh, just out of curiosity, Fraser. Uh, I see that. <laughs> seven days okay. at the minute. All right. So, don't have to wait long, but long enough if they want to see a review. <laughs> well, you also get uh, some exclusive content that I don't yeah, put yeah. out anywhere else, like comparisons. Yeah. And you also get stuff like uh, early information about what reviews are going to be coming out. Yeah, and and all, and giveaways as well, all that stuff as well. So yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I totally understand that. Um, so okay, cool. Um, well, watch out for those reviews coming out on the YouTube and on Talk Hockey. Uh, sorry, the Hockey Family even. Um, so I'll come on my soapbox now. Um, as you know, we kind of like relaunched our website and we've got a like a donation sort of button on there at the moment and we've also got a shop which is uh kind of like in in development we've got a few things on there at the moment um but there's going to be more thing things added once i get uh other brands on board hopefully fingers crossed um but yeah um i just want to thank some of my donators yes we've had some amazingly uh um so i would like to thank uh i'm not going to say their say names just 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 to keep them like a bit anonymous if that's why they want to be um but i'll let you know their first names so thank you very much andrew sarah philippa patrick and chris for basically donating to the talk hockey radio uh fund um 
your donations will help um you know keep the podcast going and also um the website going and uh everything really you know i'm i'm, I'm quite i was quite chuffed that uh, we've got some donators because so, i wasn't expecting it we've only been online for about a month or so um i was i was thinking it's going to be slow but you know five donations not too bad not too bad so if you're thinking about donating follow suit guys five people have donated so donate <laughs> donate some more if you want um <laughs> but thank you i re- we I, you know honestly bottom of my heart thank you so much uh for your donations um they will help um help us carry on doing this um any last uh, last thoughts boys i can i can see fraser's a bit jealous there i'm like why oh, how's five five I've only got this many on Patreon. No, I'm only joking, Fraser. Carry on. <laughs> now, any last thoughts? <laughs> no stones will be cast from this glass house. <laughs> Simon's, t- Simon's Simon's shaking his head back, going, "Oh my God, what's he talking about?" <laughs> Simon's got his own Patreon. Yeah, I do not. <laughs> Should get one. We've all got one now. <laughs> all the cool kids are doing, eh? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> um. Right, guys, uh, I think this is it. Um, after all those thank yous, I'd like to thank you both uh, for joining me again uh, on the podcast, Fraser and Simon. Uh, it's, all, again, always a pleasure. I always have a laugh with uh, you two. Um, and we talk about interesting stuff, hopefully, for, for the listeners out there. So thank you for listening to this podcast as well. Uh, if you are out there doing so right now, we're going to have uh, a little bit more content coming out uh, next month with um, a couple of more uh, interviews uh, which we've got lined up. Um, we probably we're going to have some more brand pitch uh, interviews hopefully in the next month or so. Um, so watch out for them. We're going to try and see if we can get them out on a on a Wednesday um, as as we normally do. So the podcasts come out on a Wednesday unless we have two podcasts that we need to put out where where we will actually post them out on a Wednesday and then we'll post the other one on a Friday. But yeah, it's quite it's it's looking good. I mean. You know, I, I actually like the uh, brand pitch, you know, um, stuff going on. Uh, like the interviews that, you know, Simon's been doing and, and hopefully you'll hear, hear some more from myself um, as well in the next month. Uh, I've got a couple lined up and obviously I think you have as well, Simon, and, and you have as well, Fraser, haven't you? I do indeed. Cool. So yeah. maybe maybe a little bit more content out there now this, this coming month. If not, then you'll still have some something at least every week for sure. Thank you again, boys. Uh, it's a pleasure as always, and I look forward to us doing this again next month. Okay, but thumbs up there. Thanks, Sai. 